Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network is a Moonsault Media production and is intended for private use only. For more information, contact RetromaniaPodcast at gmail.com. You're listening to a Cool Truth Podcast production. <laughs> Who the hell are you? You know. You all know exactly who I am. The champ is here! The champ is here! The champ is here! The champ is here! And now, introducing the champion! Say my name. Acknowledge me. Fighting out of cool down Connecticut! Say my name. Acknowledge me. The reigning, defending, podcasting, heavyweight champion of the world! That's right. Now, say my name. Acknowledge me. Anthony A.C. Coppola! Goddamn right. Truth, baby, we are back. Well, in this instance, I'm back. Cool down with AC version. Solo mission tonight. The announcement era in pro wrestling. That's what we're into at this point. (laughs) The announcement era. You know, you had the golden era. You had the attitude era. You had the PG era. I mean, you know, there's stuff in between, but those are kind of like the the big ones everybody talks about. I, I don't know if this really had a name. I don't know if we, I don't know if we had a name for this era yet, but I'm I'm gonna call it the announcement era because not only has AEW and Tony Khan decided on these announcements, the WWE has kind of done it too with Triple H. Every time I hear an announcement, announcement on AEW, I almost wait to hear an announcement, announcement, an announcement for WWE. So, uh, you know, uh, balls in your court, Triple H. 
But last night, last night, last night on Dynamite, uh, we had the announcement of the announcement. We, we have now gone from announcing on social media that we are going to have an announcement and then having the announcement to announcing on social media that we're going to have an, an announcement of the announcement, having the announcement of the announcement, only to have the announcement of the announcement be the announcement of the announcement. If you're confused, you should be, because it's idiotic, but this is where we are. A good friend of mine, who you know well, who, this is my announcement, will be back with me next week. Shout out to the executive producer, the Hollywood writer himself, the one and only Brady Petruso, Hollywood Jeff Edwards. Because he said to me in a group text, with, I don't even, we have so many group texts, who the hell knows what it was with. But he was talking about, or we were talking about Tony Khan. And he was talking about his, his kid, his son. Uh, and his son, you know, not getting AEW. And he made the comment that I get it because I have an understanding of what a cokehead booker would do. <laughs> or something to that effect. That might not be a direct quote, but it's, you get where I'm going here. And that's where we are in pro wrestling now. So I fully expect WWE to have some kind of announcement, whether it's for Jetta or Clash of Champions or Night of Champions or whatever the fuck they're calling it these days. Um, we're finishing stories that will never be finished. <laughs> uh, poor Cody. Where are we here? All right, you know what? Let's 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 regroup here. Let's refocus and let's start with a positive. Because I thought Backlash was surprisingly great. Not good, great. And I have to admit this is where I was at with WWE 18 months ago where I would kind of just watch the pay-per-views and I'm like Wow, these pay-per-views are pretty stinking good. And I didn't watch the show weekly. And I've been watching here or there. I, I honestly I'm off the watching everything. I'm just off it again. I, I can't. I can't do it. But here we go. I was kind of wishy-washy on this pay-per-view. The one thing I'll say though, and me and Hollywood talked about this extensively is we thought Bad Bunny would deliver. But I got to tell you, I, I, I mean, I just got to start with it. Because as good as we all agreed Bad Bunny was, or the uh, moments he's produced already were good, man, he knocked it out of the park. And he had the perfect dance party. Let's... Put respect, put respect on Punishment Martinez. I know you ROH guys out there, you know what I'm talking about. I, I mean, I when, I when I see Damian Priest, I think about the days back at Ring of Honor when he was Punishment Martinez. And you could just see it, that this guy had it. 
Whatever it is, he has it. He had it then. He had it when he was in NXT. He had it when they brought him up. He had it when they put him in the Finzi group, as I like to call it. And he definitely has it now. And now everybody knows it. I remember me and Jigsaw. Shout out my boy Jim McGimmick. Shout out Jigsaw. We used to talk about how Punishment Martinez would have always benefit would have always benefited from being with Truth Martini in the House of Truth. Um, nobody benefited from it more than Jay Lethal, uh, which you know, give it's Jay Lethal. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying it was all Truth Martini. Uh, you know, I Jack had a run with him. Uh, Joey Daddy, Daddy Ego, Joey Diesel. He had a run with them. Uh, Taven had a run with them back in the day. We all remember Ring of Honor fans hated Taven even back then. Shout out to my boys, Conda, Smitty, Sean. We all know you guys love you some Matt Taven. <laughs> They're all crashing their cars listening to this right now. <laughs> but. Um, Damian Priest, man, before I even really get to Bad Bunny, let's put it to you this way. These guys, obviously, they have a relationship, same town, Puerto Rico, the whole thing. And this guy played the hero role, played the put the uh, celebrity act over role. And I give him credit for doing it because if I was in his spot, I don't even know if I'd want to do it. I don't even care that it's bad, Bunny. I'd be like, dude, I've been wrestling my whole fucking life, and you want me to lose to a rapper? I, I, I don't know. Is it? I don't even know. Do you call uh, Bad Bunny a rapper? I don't. I don't. I, I know he sings Spanish. I do it. I'm not even hating on it. I think his music's fucking fantastic. I don't have a clue what the fuck he's saying, but I think it's great. It's entertaining. It's got like a beat. You drive around with the windows down. You're like, at Bunny, motherfucker, yeah. That was literally the whitest thing I've ever said on this podcast, but let's roll with it. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, but give him credit. And I'm going to give him credit for something else. Before I get into the Bad Bunny side of it, I have to bring this up. Because we talked about it on the podcast so many times. Hollywood and I have talked about it so many times. Shout out White House. Shout out the professor. Shout out the wild thing. His buddy was in the main event last night. We'll get there. Uh, he's recouping. That's uh, listen. Announcement number two of the announcement era show right here on Retro Mania Wrestling Podcast Network, the Cool Truth Podcast Productions. The second announcement is White House is on the men, and he will be back soon. And there's one thing I could tell you before I get into all this again. Fauci, not coming on tonight. Hollywood sent me to block. He's blocked out. So you guys won't have to deal with that jerk off tonight. Thank God. Anyway, Damian Priest. Selling the knee injury. Oh, my God. Where has this been in pro wrestling for, I don't know, a decade? Maybe more? He didn't just act like his knee hurt. He sold it in his entire moveset, in everything he was doing. He was limping around on one leg. 
Thank you. Thank you. They told the story in this match. He let Bad Bunny get his shine at spots. He also got his moves in at spots. And I listened to Busted Open. Shout out DJ Stames for sending me to Busted Open with Bully Ray, Mark Henry, and, and LaGreca. Um, and I got to tell you, Bully Ray and Mark Henry are fantastic on that show. I, they, they just are. They, <laughs> just giving, giving it to you from insider perspective, whatever you want to call it, I think they're very fair. Um, I also think they're very passionate about their position, which is great. Um, and man, you know, they kept talking about letting things register and, and that's a word I don't, I don't think I've ever really used or we ever used on the podcast ever is registering. And it brought me back to when, uh, my daughter was in wrestling school, um, probably eight, nine years ago, whatever it was. And uh, we were sitting out of practice, and I, I used to go to every practice. I used to watch. I used to take it all in, the whole thing. And uh, one of the instructors, um, I'm not going to say it was. It doesn't really matter. Uh, he was talking about doing moves. And he was talking about doing moves big. Not big in the sense that you have to do 17 flips and land through a table and break your fucking neck. or you know, you know, just a crazy spot to make everybody pop. What he was saying is even if you're doing a, you know, tie-up, a headlock, a front-face headlock, even if you're doing a, you know, whatever, think about it, any basic wrestling move, do it big. And the, the point was that the person in the last row would see it as much as the person in the first row. And I don't know if I've seen a match in a long time that did that the way this match did. And I I didn't really pick up on it until I heard Bully and Mark Henry talking about it. And then I went and rewatched it again. And they and, and they kept using that word register and letting things register, letting things letting the fans suck in what they were doing. And that you know what? Letting it happen, letting it move on. And then it brought me back to a, a move we talked about many times on the show. It was was the run up in Zaguri by Osprey on Omega, where Osprey kind of did that, and our boy Racket Tennis Boy there, uh, Cornette, Mister uh, Leftist. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, said that uh, they didn't follow it up with anything. Uh, you know what? Maybe they shouldn't have. Maybe maybe it was registering. Just throwing it out there. But anyway, in this match, they allowed those things to happen. You know, they talked about the spot where, you know, off the uh, the uh, stand area there, he uh, got uh, Bad Bunny through the, the, the stage setup, whatever the hell you want to call it. And Bad Bunny just laid there, and Adam Pierce came out, and, you know, the whole thing. And, it, you know... The way that was all set up, you just don't see it this way in wrestling. And and the point that Henry and, and Bully were bringing up was Bad Bunny was selling this stuff like a seasoned pro. And I said this to Hollywood in a text message in DJ Stames, I, I believe it was in that thread, or it might have been, I had a thread with 
Holly. So I have like three threads with Hollywood, maybe four, but three wrestling ones. Him with DJ Stains, him with Joe White, and him with White House. So it was in one of these three. And, um, you know, where the hell was I? I, lost, I? I totally lost my train of thought with that uh, that whole thing about um, they let the moves register. Uh... Oh, this is where I was going with this. I brought up the point that what does it say about pro wrestling today that we'll call them, we'll call them top 10. Two of the top 10 pro wrestlers in the world are Bad Bunny and Logan Paul. And and you can't even tell me they aren't because they are. Look at the, and this is in a, I get it, small sample size. But on the biggest stages, these guys, they get better every time. They deliver every time. The athleticism, the moveset. The, it looks like they've been training every day for 20 fucking years. Brilliance. And I want to throw kudos this, to the WWE because I didn't even think they'd do it. They put Bad Bunny over and they should have. And I don't even know how I missed this. I should have already brought this up. If I could speak Spanish, I would say it in Spanish. I promise you I would. Because that crowd in Puerto Rican, in Puerto Rican, I, I, you know the right terminology here. I yo, y'all, that crowd was fire. That, I'm gonna say what the kids say. That crowd was lit. That crowd elevated the show. I think it elevated the broadcast. I think it elevated commentary. I think it elevated. Uh, the effort we saw, and it was, it just felt awesome. Now, you get that a lot at WrestleMania. Like, I'm not hating on other crowds, too. And listen, I think you're going to get that kind of crowd at Wembley for AEW. And that's a story for another day. But, but man, shout out Puerto Rico. You guys delivered. No, you guys fucking delivered. That was great. I don't know why you love EO Sky so much. I still don't know why, but you loved her. And you went crazy for it. And uh, I, I thought overall the show was great. Um, bad, again, to, for me, if I was to pick up an MVP of Backlash, it's Bad Bunny. And the, the Cole 1A MVP is Damian Pierce. Damian I put Adam Pierce in. <laughs> oh man. Oh boy. This is see this is this is what happens when Edwards isn't here to correct me. Or White House for that matter. What you know what I just go off the rails. I thought the main event was really good. Uh they got to the right result. Um it definitely left it open for the rematch, which we're going to see, obviously. Uh, you know, there's another thing I'm going to bring up at Bully Ray and um, and and, and uh, Mark Henry and LaGreca were talking about on Busted Open was, and, and you know what's funny? I usually swear off listening to wrestling shows before I do a show on a big event because I don't want my opinion swayed by that show. But th what they did on Busted Open and what I listened to, 
it kind of extenuated how I was feeling about the show, but then gave me more talking points. So I'll live with it this time. And I'm not, anything I'm saying is not because I heard it on that show, but I, I'm just trying to throw the credit to them because of points that I probably wouldn't have brought up if I didn't listen to it. And Bully Ray brought up a great point about this match. And I, again, I would not have brought this up unless I listened to it. And I think it was a valid point. And he was talking about Brock getting busted open by the exposed turnbuckle. And he was saying that he thought it would have been better if Cody just punched him in the freaking head until his head split open. And I'm just like, yeah, you know what? That would have been better. I agree. That, that sh they should have done that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was just things like that. So if you listen to that busted open show, uh, it was from, uh, last, uh, it was from Monday, not, not last Monday, this uh, previous Monday, uh, this Monday. Um, as you're probably listening to this on Friday because I recorded Thursday night. Um, yeah. But overall, they got to the right result. They got Cody. Uh, I heard Brock got a huge ovation after when they went off air uh, from that fantastic crowd. Um, there was something else they brought up with Backlash on the show that I wanted to just dive into really quick. Um, and I'm kind of moving clicking here because I got a couple things I want to get into, and I don't want this to be a long-ass show. Uh, but um, they were talking about uh, Rhea Ripley. Um, in the uh, title defense there. And Zelina Vega for the um, SmackDown Women's Championship. And really brought up the fact that maybe Zelina Vega should win this match. Uh, her father died in 9-11. You could do the uh, montage with her at Ground Zero with the title. You'd also get the pop crowd with her in the ring with the title, even if it's like a hot potato transitional type situation where Rhea was to win it back this week uh, or next week, um, that would be a huge moment. And you know what? I, I kind of tend to agree. When he first brought it up, I, honestly, I thought Rhea should win because I just didn't think the way she beat Charlotte, how hot she is, how over she is as a heel. Uh, I didn't think she should lose, but under that scenario, it was actually really cool and made a lot of sense, and you could probably get her over more as a heel when she won it back, so, I mean, you got, again, go back and listen to it, uh, he explains it a lot better than I can just off the top of my head, but uh, I thought that was a really good idea and something they could have done, but overall, I thought it was a good match, uh, Ripley retains. And then you got the great reaction, again, from the crowd there. That was just fantastic. Um, one other match I want to bring up here. I mean, obviously, uh, you had Usos and Solo versus uh, KO, Sammy, and um, Riddle, who I can't stand. Uh, and uh, Solo got the Samoan spike on Riddle and got the pin on Riddle, which was fine with me. Uh, listen, they gotta, there's, there's a lot to be done here with this bloodline storyline. Um, I just think this was a, probably a nice way to kind of exit left with, uh, the bloodline leaving Sammy and KO and Riddle could really do whatever, whatever, cause I could care less. I don't really want to see Riddle too much. So, I mean, that's just my opinion, 
But uh, either way, uh, the other match I wanted to bring up quick was um, Seth Rollins and Osmosis, as I like to call him, Osmos, um, almost, however the fuck you say. It really doesn't matter to me. Uh, listen, this guy should have been built as Andre, Andre the Giant from, Jay, from, Jay, from day one, uh, and they never did it. Uh, he lost to AJ. He lost to Lashley. He lost to Brock. He now lost to Seth Rollins. I don't want to hear anymore how this is scary monster who, you know, how the hell are you going to beat him when everybody beats him? Especially when it's little guys beating him. And compared to him, they're all little. But, I mean, especially Rollins and AJ. And I love Rollins and AJ. I, listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not even, I, listen, I, I don't even know if I want to see him versus a guy like this. I It just, listen, they did a good job for what it was. I guess Rollins did, but, I mean, is it really that good of a job? Like how 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 much time did Osmosis spend with his back on the mat in that match? Like, I how can I buy that? It makes no fucking sense to me. I'm just saying. Like, come on, he's a fucking he's supposed to be a monster. This is like the Braun Strowman thing. This is why it never worked with Braun Strowman. <coughs> you can't be a monster if you're not actually a monster. You know what I mean? Hey, hey, you know, you know why it worked back in the day with Andre the Giant? It's because Andre didn't lose for like two thousand matches. Then we, when Hogan slammed him and beat him, it was like a miracle. But it was booked that way for ten years. It was booked. Andre was booked that way before they even knew Hogan would beat him. And I'm not even saying it's easy to do that these days. It probably isn't. But there probably is a way you can do it. Just, you know what? Even if it's somewhat boring and somewhat predictable, just have him keep beating people over and over again that you know he can beat. You know what I'm saying? Like, bringing guys off the street, bringing guys from NXT, bringing guys off the show. You know, maybe you have them as much as I love them is, but that's a guy you could have him beat like five times. You know what I'm saying? And and then you get to this point where, all right, now your face champion, your baby face champion, is faced with a real life monster. It, they never book it that way. We we even listen to this bullshit that oh, he's oh yeah, Seth's in trouble. He dominated Brock Lesnar for the whole match. He lost, but he dominated for the whole match. <coughs> I feel it. He took more bumps and was in more danger against Seth Rollins than he was against Brock Lesnar. Who the fuck is booking this? Who is booking this? And why? Come on. We go through the same bullshit with AEW with Lance Archer and others. I get it. I'm not, this is no defense. For you WWE fans out there, I ain't defending AEW with this commentary. Trust me. I'm killing all the wrestling. Actually, no, I'm not killing all the wrestling. Because you know how to book, you know who booked Moxler the right way? It's PCO and Impact. And watch Impact. Watch it. It, it is the best storytelling in pro wrestling today. Bar none, not even close. I ain't even watched tonight's episode yet, but I will. But there you go. That's Backlash. I watched Raw. Um, listen, you had the tournament. 
to see who's going to uh, head to this, you know, head to the finals in Saudi Arabia for the new world championship. That I, I don't know. I assumed when they announced this thing, and, and maybe I just didn't listen closely enough to Hunter that this was going to be like the Raw championship, even if it's going to defend all over the world. But now we have SmackDown people involved. Like what? Like what the fuck is going on? Here? Other champions, I, 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 whatever. Um, I mean, listen. Uh, I, I don't think the match between Cody and Brock was closure at Backlash. So it doesn't shock me that I actually had the feeling watching the show that Brock was going to screw Cody out of this opportunity to finish the story. And I'm glad I'm happy. I'm happy that happened. You want to know why? Because winning that title does not finish the story for me. You can tell me oh it's a WWE title and blah blah blah. Yeah, you can you can have that opinion. That's your opinion. But to me, finishing the story is winning whatever fucking belt or champion that Roman Reigns is, because that's the WWE champion. I don't. They could. They could call this fucking belt whatever they want to call it. And 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 Edwards made the joke, and it's hilarious that Reigns is the champion of WWE in the universe, but not the world. And I, I totally get what he's saying. But the bottom line is this: if Cody wants to finish the story. It's got to be with those Reigns belts. But here's the problem. He's on Raw. Reigns is on SmackDown. How do you finish the story? Like, well, like I, can somebody explain this to me? If you are really not going to have a brand split, or if you're going to have free agents, your champions should be the free agents. So you can take the belts to whatever show you need to, Take the, the tag titles here, the U.S. Bible here, the Intercontinental title here, the Tribal Chief and the United uh, Universal WWE Champion here, and the World Champion there. May, if you're going to have free agents, it shouldn't be Osmosis and Brock and whatever fucking other idiots they have as their fucking free agents that nobody cares about. It should be your champions. Just my opinion. And then on top of this, to compound this idiocy of this brand split draft bullshit, you have the SmackDown Championship on Raw, or the SmackDown's Women Championship on Raw, Rhea Ripley. And then you have the Raw Women's Championship on SmackDown, Bianca Belair. I mean, guys, come on! You're supposed to be the, the standard. You want me to hold Tony Khan, Snowman, to a standard when you can't even land at that fucking standard yourself? That's atrocious. It's idiotic. It's stupid. And could you please stop doing shows in fucking Saudi Arabia, please? And money isn't everything, okay? Money is not everything. I don't want to even make, <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to say what I was going to say. We'll leave it at that. Let's move on to AEW. Uh, yeah, oh, Seth Rollins won from the Raw side. We have the SmackDown court tournament coming Friday. Edge, Nakamura, uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of people in it. Um, 
I don't even know was actually it's not I don't even know if Nakamura's in a SmackDown. Like, who, who gives a shit? Whoever it's it's AJ fucking Edge Austin Theory. It, you guys know who it is. We'll figure out who comes. Honestly, let's see who comes out of it, and then we'll talk about it because I I can't. It just it just I, I don't care. It's stupid. Listen, Rollins is gonna win it because they're gonna put that belt on USA. Because USA is going to have a fucking conniption fit if, like, your three bigger champions are all on fucking Fox. And what do I mean by that? Roman Reigns, Austin Theory, and whoever would win that world title, though, from SmackDown. So it's not going to happen. Rollins is going to win it. He's going to bring it to Raw. That's what's going to happen. I, You know what? Whatever. I'm sure the match... Listen, Rollins is great in the ring. Um, I would love more of a backstory to this weirdo fucking act he does. I know he's a visionary, so he dresses like his wife. I get it. Uh, I, 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 I there's, I just, I, I talked about this with D. Smitty. Shout out D. Smitty. Uh, where's, wh- when did this happen? Why is he like this? Can we get the fucking backstory? Can we get a reason? Can we get him like, you know, giving a sermon and begging people for money or something like? That's what I envision here. Could could we say like he has Becky as a wife and has like six other wives? Because then I could buy this more. But all this is him singing, sing along with Rollins and him wearing his wife's clothes and her sunglasses, by the way. Okay. I mean, if that floats your boat, great. I, I'm in a mood tonight. I'm sorry. I'm just in a mood tonight. Actually, <laughs> you guys know I'm not sorry. All right. So, AEW. This is where I'm at. I'm going to give you 10, 15 minutes on that and on this, and we'll get out of here. I thought the show, this, I, I almost feel like I, I'm, I'm like in this, stuck in the same place with AEW Weekly. There are things on the show that are entertaining, and I like, like, I like Claudio versus Phoenix. I didn't need the stupid, uh, stipulations. First of all, I don't need ROH titles on AEW TV. You have enough titles. If you cannot get those titles over on your ROH app, then get rid of them and get rid of ROH altogether. Sorry, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm because you're not doing ROH right anyway. So I'd be fine if you got rid of it. And what the fuck are they doing with Mark Briscoe? We'll get there. But the match was good. I didn't need the stipulations, but the match was good. Uh, the right guy won. Claudio should win. Mm. You know, you got the um, Wheeler Yuta and Danielson watching on the TV. Didn't mind that. Gave you the idea Moxley's getting ready for the main event because he has the cage death match. I'm calling it the cage death match because that's what it was. Main event, which they call the cage match. Um Later in the night, so he's not to be found. He's getting ready. You know, that's what they're giving there. Okay, cool. No problem with that. Uh, the match was good. Uh, nice hot start. Pockets didn't start. Thank God. Although we had to deal with them later in the show. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole show. Uh, a couple other points here. Christian Cage. I'm clapping. Christian fucking Cage. How great was that promo by Christian Cage? Christian Cage 
has me wanting him to beat Wardlow. I'm sorry. He's that fucking good. Tony, you cannot hire guys that are that good. Give them a microphone and expect them to get your other guys over when they can't get themselves over. I'm sorry. It's just not going to work. This is what's going to happen. People like me, people like Hollywood, people like White House, I'm assuming my boys, Sean, Smitty, Conda, Jigsaw, all my boys out there, all of you, ones I'm not mentioning, I love you all. You you guys know, you're, I know you're with me. I haven't even talked to most of you about this, and I know you're with me. If you do this with Christian Cage, everyone is going to want Christian Cage to beat Wardlow. And that is a major problem for AEW. It's great for Christian Cage. And then, to me, what that tells me is, first of all, he's got life in him, number one. If Jeff Jarrett can wrestle on your show every week, so can Christian Cage. First of all, let's go back to his matches with Omega. Let's go back to him having the Impact Championship, the matches he had with that. You know what? Christian Cage, he did it in the ring, and then he's even better with the stick in his hand. And I think this is a major a major oversight, putting Wardlow in the spot. I don't care that he's with uh, Arn Anderson. It's not enough. Christian Cage, is gonna, whether he wins or loses, wins or loses the title is another story. But he's already won this, this program. It's game, set, match. Wardlow is never going to stand up to this. And then you have the idiocy of what they're doing with Powerhouse Hobbs, but that's a story for another day. So kudos to him. The other thing I want to get into before we get into the main event, um, and I was going to, uh, you know what, before we get into the main, I got two things before I get into the main event. The Pillars, this storyline with MJF. Ratings from... Last week, the main event, the tag team match, uh, the rating, the rating, you lost about 200,000 and the rating dropped for that match. That's a bad sign, but I know why. And I can tell you why watching this show. MJF's on another level than the other three, but I don't think he's on the level he thinks he is or AEW thinks he is because the audience is just not tuning into him the way. The way you would think they would. Sorry. 600 something thousand. I'm not even a CM Punk fan. Anybody who's listening to the show knows that I can't even stand CM Punk. But if you put CM Punk in that same spot. 1.2 million. 1.4 million. Right? You got, everybody listening knows I'm right. And you get 600,000 with MJF. On top of that. Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Go away. I, you know what? We we tooted your fucking horn forever. Fell on your face. Darby Allen. I hey, listen, I get what Darby does. I get how popular he is. Uh I would never put a tight a major title on him just because I'd be worried that any move could be the last move. I hate to say it. I'm just saying. And I'm just talking about career, God forbid life. Um eh, eh, terrible. Sammy Guevara, this is what I don't understand. They had the perfect opportunity again, and we talked about this on the last show. 
to make Sammy a baby face. And then they sent him out with uh, Ty Mello again. And then he does in this promo, he's talking about kids and following your dreams. Dude, you're fucking heel. You don't give me the baby face bullshit because you've been a fucking heel again. Now, now he's a he's a heel, he's a baby face, a heel, he's a baby face. I I no, 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 no. I, I he should have been made a baby face in this program from the beginning. From the minute he cut that promo in Long Island, he should have been made a baby face. And they did all that convoluted bullshit with the payoff and the laydown and all the crap they gotta do, which was utter nonsense. Set him out with Ty Mello, the whole thing. And then when he gets his spot on this show, he wants to talk about the kids and follow your dreams. No, dude, you're fucking heel. I don't want to hear that from you anymore. All right, before we get to the main event, Tony Khan comes out for this. The announcement of the announcement as we <laughs> open the show with. <laughs> announcement. Of, you, got, you think I'm kidding. You don't watch it. It's the announcement that he's going to make an announcement. We are in the announcement era. But the point I want to make about this, I mean, he's fucking horrible. Stop going on TV. Let somebody else make it. Let Tony Schiavone do it. Well, fuck it. You brought out Adam Cole 50 times. Let him do it. You got a million people there. Let Mark Henry do it. Let Paul White do it. Let Arn Anderson do it. Uh, let BJ Whitmer do it. Dude, let somebody, let Taz fucking do it. Let fucking Don Callis do it. Tony, stop. You're, I mean, your eyes are bugging out of your head. <laughs> I mean, it looks like you can't wait to get to Pizza Hut. Let's be, let's fucking be honest. Shout out to the pizza parties. Oh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I know he, he hired his boy, Will Washington, or whatever the fuck it is. Okay. Oh, man. I don't even want to say we made it. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, he starts babbling on about this, this announcement and says, watch TNT and be sure to tune in to Dynamite. And I'm sitting there like, what the fuck? Dynamite's on TBS. Why are you mentioning TNT? Come to find out, as Hollywood tells me, he's tweeting. While he's in Gorilla, during the show, when someone called him out and said, yes, that's what I meant to say, and AEW's tweeting, watch TNT for the announcement, but remember to watch Dynamite on TBS. Um, so, can I ask this question? When are we watching TNT for your announcement? And is it before Dynamite? Are you going to, I guess you're going to re-say it on Dynamite. So, what time do we tune in? Uh, roundabout, what show? I mean, is this the NBA pregame show? Like, what is this? Oh, tune, tune into TBS for the announcement. Or TNT for the announcement. So what am I supposed to do? Sit here for fucking six days watching TNT. Oh, what is Tony going to make? Make an announcement. Listen, I don't give a fuck about your announcement. I really don't even care what it is. I, I'm laughing at you, not with you. This is idiotic stupidity. I don't even know what the fuck to call it. What? In any of these announcements, I, I, I Wembley Stadium, okay, that was decent. But then they have any of these announcements since Christian Page go all the way back to that. 
have they ever lived up to the hype? And you want people to be like, oh, hey, listen, if you tune, if you turn on TNT waiting for that announcement, you're a fucking idiot. I'm just going to tell you right now, don't do what you want to do. You, you know what? It's your time. It's your life. But you're a fucking idiot if you turn that on. Because I'm telling you right now, what the fuck could it possibly be? Well, who even cares? And whatever it is, they're just going to say it on Dynamite when you turn on Dynamite an hour later or a half an hour later or two days later. They didn't even tell you when to turn in the fucking TNT. Mother of Christ. Oh. Dude, the announcement era is the worst era in the history of pro wrestling. Listen, I want to go back to Doink the Clown. I will gladly go back to Doink the Clown over this bullshit. All right, main event. Cage match. I call it the cage death match, but they didn't call it that, but that's what it was. Uh, you had the cage break. You got the glass. You got the barbed wire chair. You got the fucking death match in a cage with Omega and Moxley. And listen, this is Moxley's wheelhouse. We get it. <laughs> Danielson. Danielson says during the match, <laughs> Moxley's just getting started when he starts bleeding or something along to that effect. No shit. You got you really? I mean, you don't think we know that by now, Brian? I mean, uh, he he bleeds every match. <laughs> I mean, if he didn't believe, I might think he's fucking dead at this point. I mean, all he does is bleed. Do you really think it's special to announce that? John Moxley's bleeding. I mean, I'll give you. I'll even say this: You even think it's special at this point that Kenny Omega's bleeding in AEW? We talked about this a few weeks ago. Kenny Omega, New Japan Kenny. You don't see it. You have seen Deathmatch Kenny bleeding Kenny far more than you've seen. New Japan Kenny, because you haven't even really seen him. Maybe you could say the Danielson match at at uh, at uh, Grand Slam. Here's the other thing: <laughs> commentary, uh, specifically, uh, fucking what's his name, the mask, fucking retard there. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I go. I almost call him Alex Marvez. I mean, he's pretty close. Um, Excalibur. Sorry. <laughs> I would say sorry, Excalibur, but I mean, I'm sorry, Alex Marvez, for confusing you with Excalibur. <laughs> he starts talking about the previous matches between Moxley and Omega, and he's like, oh, first double or nothing. They had the uh, lights out match, and uh, Moxley won. And then they, or Omega won, or whoever the fuck. I don't even remember who the fuck won that match. And then he's like, Omega won the title from Moxley with the help of Don Callis. And then the conversation stops. Never mentions the third match. And do you want to know why he never mentioned that third match? Because it was the smoky ring. Let's make fucking, let's make poor um, Eddie Kingston look like an asshole, man. <laughs> he didn't mention the match. You know, this was the match. Bro, let's run it to the ropes. Boom. All right, the Barbrier ropes. Boom. Boom. The big explosion. <laughs> Do you remember Eddie Kingston? <laughs> Come on, you're laughing with me. Dude, 
fucking Joe White is driving off the road in Iowa right now. Laying over Omega. <laughs> from the smoke. And the, and the best part about that whole thing is after the match, Tony Khan's like, well, Kenny Omega doesn't do a good job at building an exploding ring. He draw the he drew the plans in Cran. And then like six months later, he's like, I'm suing the company. They didn't make the ring right. They didn't explode. <laughs> is there a big fucking idiot in pro wrestling than Tony Khan? <laughs> Uh, Uno, I hope you're listening, bro. Shout out Uno. Uno, ROH, brother. <laughs> oh, man. Uno needs to join Diener in Impact. Maybe, maybe that'll help. I don't know. I don't even know at this point. Oh, but anyway, you get this, uh, you know, the glass, the whole thing. And I've been waiting. I've been talking about this. I don't even. I don't know if we talked about it on the show or not. I can't recall, but I remember talking about it through text message and this and that. They did that scene um, when the Bucks went in the ambulance and uh, Hangman went with them, and Omega wanted to go, and Callis stopped him. And then uh, the week later, Callis and Hangman got beat up in the back, but you never saw it. I kept saying to people. This is Don Callis playing a game. He's going to join uh, the uh, Blackpool Combat Club. He's going to join in that regal role. And you finally had it happen with the stupid fucking screwdriver that drives me fucking crazy. But he did it. And I got to be honest, um, it pissed me off because it was after the One Wing Angel. I, I know. Listen. I get it. I get it. Moxley didn't kick out of it. He kicked out of it because Omega got hit in the eye with a fucking screwdriver. That I just feel like that move's been so protected for so long that even that is not good enough to kick out of that. Like, it shouldn't have happened. If if they were going to do that, it should have been after a big V-trigger. Um, it could have been after some other move. Why do it after the one-wing angel? I get it. Shock value, the whole thing. Here's the problem. I saw it coming a mile. I hate it. I've been watching pro wrestling too long. I saw this coming a mile away. So when it happened, it didn't shock me. <clears throat> At all. They had the spot in the ring with Omega and Callis after where he was going to hit him again. Then he kissed him and pushed him down. Um, listen, it, it, it gives levels to the storyline. Uh, Storyline-wise, if I'm invested in any storyline in AEW right now, it's probably Blackpool and Elite. I, it, it just, it's the best they're doing right now. Um, but before we close up, I want to bring up one other thing. Mark Briscoe, to no fault of his own. Tony Khan's a fucking idiot for the way he's using Mark Briscoe. I don't care. You could be the biggest AEW Mark, you, you, whatever. Have fun. Love Tony Khan. Be happy. I don't care. This is my opinion. It's the cool fucking truth. And this is the cool truth of the matter. He should not be using Mark Briscoe this way. In a comedy fucking role. In the middle of putting over FTR and... For, I'll take that back. None of them should be in a comedy role. Jay Lethal. Jeff Jarrett. 
FTR. This is what I'm going to close on right now. And I am going to go beyond Tony Khan with this one. Matt and Nick Jackson. The Young Bucks. We haven't wrestled in eight weeks because we were suspended, but we can't talk about why. It's our longest layoff ever. <laughs> I've been the biggest defenders of Matt and Nick Jackson out of anybody for years. Until the last few years. And I just got to call it like I see it. And here's where I'm going to call it like I see it. While FTR is your tag team champions. You two. Could you try again? That's There you go. Surrey talking on my fucking Apple Watch. Um, <laughs> you two. At the first press conference you ever did for AEW. What was the theme? Tag team wrestling could be the main event. Since then, I agree with you, by the way. I'm a fan of tag team wrestling. Every person on this show, White House Edwards included, is a fan of tag team wrestling. Really good, real tag team wrestling. We don't get that in AEW. First of all, we haven't had a really knockdown great tag team match in AEW in a long time. The best one, the best tag team matches they've had were FTR and the Briscoes, and that was ROH or Con of Honor, as I like to call it. But still, I'll give them those ones. But it's never made invented. It's the tag team titles have never even been presented as anything other than a mid-card title at best. And it's a hot potato transitional title for a bunch of teams. That's all it is. And here they go again with another mid-card stupid jokey fucking goofy fucking storyline. Why FTR agrees to this is beyond me. I listen to Dax's podcast. I listen to the way he talks about pro wrestling, and I'm going to call out Cash and Dax on this one, too. If if you agree to this, you are a problem, too. And Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, you, too. And I hate to fucking say it because I love him. Mark Briscoe, too. Why have any of you agreed to do this idiotic, stupid program? It is atrocious. It's for eight years old. This is not an alternative. This is not for the hardcore fan. This is not what anybody wants to see from a Mark Briscoe as a fucking special guest referee. When this whole thing happened with God Rest His Soul, shout out Jay Briscoe, who we will always miss forever. We did a whole show about it, how much we love Jay Briscoe. We were talking about Mark Briscoe. I wasn't even bringing up Ring of Honor champion. I was saying that he should he should go for the AEW championship. He should be pushed as the monster babyface to face MJF. That was what I was saying. Then we get a popcorn fart fucking match on an ROH card that nobody fucking watched. 
and he loses for the TV title against Small Joe. That's what we get. And then what we get after that? Special guest referee. Goofy fucking uh, cinematic things at, at the goddamn farm. You go back. You go back on YouTube right now and watch what they did at that farm as the Briscoe Brothers in Ring of Honor. Even go back as to what they did with, 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 with the fucking Good Brothers. Go back and watch that. That was serious, good shit. Not this fucking crap they're doing now. I'm just going to stop right there because I'm fucking pissed off. It's, it, this is not, it's not right for Briscoe. None of these guys should be doing this. And if you really want us to take tag team wrestling serious, could one company actually take it fucking serious? One, please, anybody out there, one company, take, pro re take tag team serious. Stop throwing tag teams together like it doesn't fucking matter. And doing goofy fucking oh, I, uh, uh, uh. we spit alcohol. We they spit alcohol in Dax's eyes, so he couldn't see for ten minutes. And he and he fucking gave a pal driver to Mark Briscoe. Does anybody actually believe that? This is Dax's fucking cash. These were the guys that were supposed to bring traditional tag team wrestling to AEW, holding the tag ropes, following the rules. Where is it? Where is it? All right, that's going to do it here. Cool Truth Podcast Production, Retro Mania Wrestling Podcast Network. This is the announcement era of pro wrestling. And once again, I had two announcements on this show to reiterate next week, myself and the Hollywood writer himself, Jeff Edwards, will be back together and on the mend, recovered from the murmur, return date to be announced soon. And we will have multiple announcements to bring you to the announcement of the return date of White House. Right here, Cool Truth Podcast. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll maybe we'll take the block off for Fauci next week. You never know. <laughs> All right. Shout out Retromania. Colby, Dave, everybody. Love you guys. Keep listening. We appreciate you. Good night, everybody.